Now entering Nerdist.com. You made it weird. You made it weird. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird. You made it weird. Yes, you did. You made it weird. Oh, yeah. You made it weird with Pete Holmes. What's happening, weirdos? This is a, uh, an amazing, very, very personal episode. Uh, second appearance for Harris Whittles, just one of the funniest uh, and greatest guys I know. Uh, Harris went through in a, a really, really, uh, what to say, unique experience. He told me that he uh, was struggling with addiction and went through rehab and that he wanted to come on the show and talk about it. So uh, no ad, no uh, tour dates or nothing. I just want to present, without commentary, a, an amazing uh, conversation that we had. That's what I knew going in. We really get into it, and uh, I, just, I just want to get into it right now. I'm, I'm interested to see what y'all, y'all will think. Obviously, send some uh, love and support to Harris. It's at Twittles on uh, Twitter, and uh, I just spoke with him today. We recorded this about three weeks ago or so, uh, just to let it kind of sit and digest, and uh, here it is, everybody. Harris Whittles, number two, a uh, very important, I think, uh, conversation. I hope you enjoy. Aristotle. We did end up getting Aristotle. (laughs) We did. We got Aristotle. Katie is... uh... I always joke about Katie being injured, and uh, she does have some sort of surgery that I don't, I don't know the details. Do you know? I don't. Well, there it is. I her, hope she's her, all right. Her own personal info released on the podcast without permission. <laughs> well, who gives it's okay a shit? To, we all get surgery. Don't sometimes. we? Have you ever had surgery? <clears throat> I've had two hernias. What? Were you lifting a piano? Uh, yeah, as an infant, I tried to lift a piano, <laughs> and you can't do it. You're too small, and they're Can too we big. do a character called Piano Reeves, and it's yeah, just Keanu Reeves that, playing the piano? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, oh. Memories. Oh. <laughs> Hold on. Da, 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 da. Da 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 da. It's me, Piano <laughs> Piano Keys. Piano Keys. <laughs> I'm writing it down. It's so good. Not to do anything with it. I just want it to be on paper. Yeah, now it exists forever. If there's a Pompeii type situation, they'll yeah. find that and go, Ah, something funny <laughs> happened right there. Piano Keys. Um, what were the hernias? I had one. In Two my hernias. baby, my little baby balls, and then I had one. Well, you in really did as a baby. Yeah, I had one as a baby. I don't know how. Did your mom get trapped straining. under a car? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, and then no! I was trying. Do you think that works in reverse? Ba- no. Baby to parent strength? Babies don't know context. Yeah. They know mom's dying, but they're, they're not sure so that. They're so stupid. <laughs> so you don't know how you got it as a baby? No, but as an adult, and I don't know how I got it as an adult. I was in college, and I had this bulge, like. Three inches above my dick that would come out sometimes, and like, my friends and I, as a joke, would push the, it back in. Oh, it was a fun party trick. Oh, in the pubis area? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Mont's pubis region, <laughs> and um, which is beautiful this time of year. Oh. And um, <laughs> yeah, go. so me and my friends all went to the ER one night because we were bored in college, and and uh, the it was like two a.m. We were drunk. And we were like, let's fucking go see what this lump is. (laughs) 
<laughs> and the doctor was like an intern, like it was the the graveyard shift. So he, it was his first time looking at a guy's dick. I think <laughs> why? Because he kind of was like uncomfortable. He was like, uh, try. <laughs> Drop your pants. Like, Dude, you, you got to pull it together if I'm going to be okay with this. Like, you need to show me that this is fine. Right. I'm following your lead. Yeah. I then, feel weird for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So. I had a TSA guy go. I, I opted out. I was going through a thing where I'd opt out. If I was there real early. Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to get cooked. And then this TSA guy came out, and it has to be the same gender. Right. You know what I mean? Which is, a, I, I get it. So he's patting me down. And I'm and he just straight up says to me, he's like, like, what? Why are you opting out? I'm like, oh, that machine is weird. Mm-hmm. That's all I said. That machine's weird. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know what it does. He goes, I'll tell you what's weird: a man touching another man. Really? That's what he said. Oh, he was gay. <laughs> he was a very gay man who doesn't want people to know that he is. <laughs> he looked like a member of the Cobra Kai. He looked oh, like man. he did kung fu and stuff. Dude, I just read an article about Cobra Kai today. That's weird because I was just driving by a Chick-fil-A and that's where your cup is from. And I was like, I wonder if people go to that Chick-fil-A on Sunset because of the mist machines and they think it's delicious chicken smoke. Well, actually, the mist machines bum me out because I'm like, is that just gross water going all over it all sure the is. food? So it that's sure disgusting. Is. I go to Chick-fil-A because I hate gay people. <laughs> No, you know that you know all that stuff that happened. I only fuck chicks. Yeah, no. Filet. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> Write it down. <laughs> I'm not putting it on the same piece of paper as Piano Keys. I, I hope your audience knows that I'm kidding, and of that I'm just saying do. like everyone is like, oh, if you eat Chick Fil A, you hate gay people, yeah. right? But also like they employ gay people, like you know, and the guy that said that shit about gay people is dead now. Right. He gone. And, <laughs> And so, Can and we, also, you can't avoid supporting bad people. I know. Always. I know. The, the, that's one of the weird things. There is a bit of a surrender where you're like, if you go through your house, you're supporting some terrible people. For yeah. For sure. Yeah. Unless you're extremely, extremely careful. But I mean, like, if you have head and shoulders shampoo, I, I think Procter & Gamble is up to some fucked up. Have yeah, to be. They have to be. Yeah. They're in the Illuminati. I mean, they yeah. have to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we talk about Taboo? I was at dinner the other night. Friend of mine. Dear friend of mine. Known her almost like for a decade, and her brother has Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And then I say, uh, I accidentally it was a genuine mistake. I referred to handicapped people as as uh, like dumb people. Like uh, I, okay. it was a complete accident. <laughs> I don't even remember what I said. You're playing the game taboo. <laughs> we were playing the game taboo. Uh, dumb. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I don't remember if it was dumb. Yeah. But the point was I said something incorrect. Did you say and retarded? The, but the, okay, but you see that's that's what every comedian you just made yeah. uh, I hate gay people because I eat a Chick-fil-A joke. Right. So I'm just getting used to hanging out with exclusively comedians because then I went dumb. Oh, I'm sorry. I know your brother. I didn't mean to say dumb. I meant retarded. <laughs> of course right, you say right, that joke. Right, of course. Of course you have to. But I was with three non-comedians and two of the three uh, didn't enjoy it. Oh, no. And the other one I'm dating. Oh, no. No, she, oh, no yeah. she, she liked it. She understood. She got it. But she's with me all day. So it's one all... of the few pleasures we have as a taboo. Yeah, well, that's fun, because then you guys get to be like, fuck these squares together. Yeah, these fucking know? squares. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Puts you guys on the same team. But, you know, the, the person that I offended was a dear friend of mine, and I understood. Yeah. So I, I genuinely, it wasn't that she was wrong. Yeah. You know what I mean? You I'm know, not saying she was wrong, and I am saying this because she could possibly hear that's this. It's real interesting. But there's part of me that I'm like, I completely agree, and I sincerely apologized, but I was like, 
I gotta, I gotta hang out with some non-comedians. Did you? Were you able to feel comfortable at all for the rest of the night? Or yes, was that always yes, on your because mind? Because she's very funny. Okay. And she wasn't like she didn't make a scene of it. And then the rest of the meal, whenever anyone said anything, mm-hmm. someone would go, "My family is." Like at one point, we made a joke about sharpie pens, and she actually went, "My family is sharpie pens." You know, like yeah. it became a theme, right? But there was a moment where you were in that awkward jacuzzi, yeah, where you're just like, it, "It's so weird that your brain, your body chemistry betrays you." I know. And goes, Re- "Release the jets." Yeah, and to. all the sweats and the pituitary and the anxiety, and you're just like, I'm so, "This is a dear friend of mine." <laughs> And I even knew she wasn't, like, going to end the friendship, but in my body, they go, a lion is after you. Yeah. There isn't. There isn't. But there's a, social, fucking, there's a meal. That lion crossing. I That's, um... Lion crossing? Yeah. Lion, yes. <laughs> you just like... I was going to say a pun, but we have enough. So, um... <laughs> we already have we Piano have, We have plenty. We got Piano. I remember in the Parks and Rec <laughs> writing room one time, and these are comedians. Yeah. These are all like the funniest people ever, but um, there was a writer who came in one day and she was uh, in a kind of just like shocked. She looked like just kind of in a daze and she was like, I just saw a car run over, run up onto a curb and hit a family of people Holy shit. and they, they flew up into there like, like bowling pins. And this um, is a true story. This is a true story. And so she said that, and everyone, you know, we do our, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. That's, it was shocking. And then within five minutes, someone spilled a cup of pens, of writing pens. Yeah. And I went, oh, flew up in the air like bowling pins. <laughs> All I'm and doing, she was I, like, I feel everything right now. Yeah. I feel every feeling. And she didn't respond positively to me making that joke. Yeah. So my response was to keep making that joke. Oh, you have to all day you gotta until double down. she. Yeah, it's called the Letterman. Yes, exactly. It didn't work. Keep. Doing it was it. working on other people, but yeah. I think me and this person's relationship is forever tarnished because, of, like, well, she it, it, we saw have a, it. Yes, yes, she saw it. Yeah, that's the thing is that I pride myself <laughs> on being like, I fu- you can't fucking offend me if you tried, motherfucker. Like, yeah. I'm awesome. I'm a comedian. Yeah. Fucking, I'll yeah. say it all. <laughs> and, but then something happened. Like, but then I realized it's because I didn't have to fucking deal with any of that shit. My niece was born with hearing loss. Yeah. And if I hear a deaf joke now, I get kind of bristly. That's, that's what Steve Martin says is like when we're young is when we make cancer jokes and then all your friends start getting cancer. That's completely and true. Stop. And I'm finally starting to see that now. And similarly with all those uh, slurs that you just threw out is that like you also didn't experience those plights. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, can, I, know, you, I, I know you know that. Yes. By the way. No, I, I didn't I, think I, I was I can teaching say, you. <laughs> like, I didn't – you know, I'm Jewish. Are I didn't you, live you, through the Holocaust. Right. So – right. We're we're just treading over the dumbest territory now. This is like no, I think it's great. Okay, no, I think it's great. They are just words, but it's a privilege to have those just be words. Because if you are black, the N word isn't just a word to you. Yeah, and it's it's actually goes back to the bowling pins thing. If you see the car accident, yeah, or if you're so the person seeing the car accident is the person that lived. Uh, through the 60s, and then the the people getting hit by the car are the people getting sprayed by the hose. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's exactly. that sort of thing. So the more in it, so there's emotional connection there. There's memories, and and I bet uh, they could see it in your brain. There's a neural pathway to that word and that feeling. Yeah. I knew people that didn't want you to say shit because it made them sick because they thought of shit, and I was like, that's fucked up. And then they were like, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just picturing people fucking yeah. and then they fly into yeah. the sky. I don't like that. I don't like it at all. Piano what do we keys. Do? Is, I, it, is it okay that I said all those words? Yeah. I mean, I was all, making a point. It's all context. It's context. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have the fear of that being pulled on on Gawker because they yelled at me for calling a woman a cunt once. Yeah, that's a hard one. Yeah, and uh, so I just I'm like, oh, Parks and Rec goes on another racist tirade. But I'm making a point. You are, of course, you are. Okay. And yes, what was it? You made me think of something. Else. Oh, let me. I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it to you. Okay. I was walking to my friend Pat Walsh's. Do you know Pat Walsh? He's a Canadian fellow? No, no, no. 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 He writes for Two Broke Girls. Very, very, very funny. He does some stuff on my TV show. He's a very funny guy. Uh, I was walking to his house for a Oscar party, Mm -hmm. and I saw a – I didn't see it, but I saw a dog, like the tiniest purse dog running across the street, which is just funny. You just never see a purse dog running. Mm -hmm. And you just saw – it was this moment to embrace the inevitability. You know what I mean? You want to be Indiana Jones and jump – I'm not a sociopath. You want to jump out of the car. And I've fantasized right. thousands of times since then because I go by that intersection all the time about jumping out of the car and scooping up the dog. Because uh-huh. sometimes dogs just get it in them to run. Yeah. They're like, oh, right. Yeah. I'm an animal. Right. They run. Get out of the purse and they run. So you see this tiny little you know, $7,000 purse dog just running and everyone's just – and there's a group running after it. But it's too late. It's in the thing. So I didn't see it get hit, but I saw the group chasing the dog go, oh. Really? You know, so they saw it. Wow. And then they all just stopped. It wasn't the owner of the dog, but it was a group of no- yeah. noble people. Yeah. Now, here's why I tell you that. Uh-huh. I can tell you this soberly. You know, here we are. Yeah. Beautiful day. Seeing a friend I haven't seen in a while. I- I'm in my right mind. And I'm just like, that is horrible. Mm-hmm. I know the connection people have to dogs. Nobody, nobody can teach me. More empathy for dogs and, and, and sadness. But the crazy thing is, is sometimes you faced with that grief and that reality of loss is everywhere. You can get hit by a car. Mm-hmm. Your things that you love can be lost. The only response my insane brain had, mm-hmm. I get to Pat's house and I just, it was him, his girlfriend, and two other couples whom I had never met, haven't seen since, <laughs> because all I did was tell the story weeping laughing. I, laughing. I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> Weeping would have been appropriate. Yeah. I couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. And it wasn't I wasn't I wasn't punching it up. Yeah. I was just saying like the tiniest dog was running <laughs> and I couldn't see it just exactly what I just told you. But my brain was just like, right. "Oh fuck, it's too dark." Yeah. So it threw it in this insane gear. Yeah, well that I mean that all it's that story sounds very like cartoony. Like It is cartoony. Yeah. But um, it, that could be in a Farrelly Brothers movie. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? But isn't that one of the things? Don't you have to? You have to treat everything as lightly, lightly, or or life sucks. I I agree. You, Bill Cosby says if you can laugh, if you can laugh at anything, you can endure anything, including poverty. He grew up quite poor. Yeah. So he just learned to like laugh at everything, and there is there's even a mystical. Like kind of Zen way to look at that, being like, it's all a joke. Mm-hmm. It's all a joke. Right. And they would be like, you are the dog. Right. You're watching yourself die. <laughs> it's the universe dying. Right. All life comes from death. Birds in the forest are eating worms. That fruit, I you know, I don't eat meat. Fucking fruit's alive too, baby. I know. And everything, everything comes from death. So we don't know how to grapple. And it's very like. There's all these. Um, doesn't it seem like a lot of celebrities are dying right now? Yeah, sure does. But. Every single human being ever has died and yeah. will die. Yeah. And so it's not that weird to me when it happens, but right. everyone really makes a 
quite a big deal of it. I was playing uh, Celebrity Who's Gonna Die First, a game I no longer play, the night before Robin Williams died. Really? I had two weird connections. I did a set where I talked about Robin Williams dying a week before he died. Mm -hmm. And the night before he died, it was me and uh, a bunch of comedian people so you know, like i'm saying taboo yeah let's play who's gonna die first yeah well doug stanhope has a death pool uh, he does an official death pool that's like a lot of money you get if you call you know okay see on one hand dark inappropriate yeah on the other hand is it kind of mystically enlightened sort of like absolutely like what are you clinging to you're 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 trying to hold running water right everybody dies robin williams so sad because those those are our special people uh-huh. you know what i mean yeah conan used to make this joke in front of me he was he says he likes to get his mother upset by going like i'm on an airplane i'm in show business nothing bad can happen to me and he's just kind of making a comment on that joke <laughs> yeah. that we think those are our special people Jennifer Aniston can't get hit by, you know, a straight right, bullet. Right, right. You know what I mean? She's Jennifer Aniston. She'll forever exist. Yeah. She's, she's ours. Yeah, yeah. But like a random person, it's the Joker's speech to Two-Face, Harvey Dent, before he's Two-Face, where he's just like a gangbanger gets shot or uh, a, uh, is, everybody's fine. Uh, a school bus blows up filled with kids. That's not okay mm-hmm. because it's the plan. I think these – there's this weird – Crazy sociopathic way to go too far with this, obviously, where we're just like, everybody's dead. Mm -hmm. Who cares? And that's not what – neither of us are saying that. But there is a way to stare into the abyss and instead of having your dick shrivel and your asshole tighten up, go like, let's start a death pool. Yeah, exactly. Right? Because it's going to fucking happen. So let's (laughs) – like, it's weird that death is a taboo kind of – it's just like this thing that people are scared to touch a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean – well, it's right there in the room, too. It's not even an elephant. It's something way worse than an yeah, elephant. Well, everyone's entire goal is to live for as long as possible and to leave legacy behind and to just exist, you know. Right. But that's not right. Right. Why? I completely agree. Yeah. Well, that brings up the Jim Carrey quote that I love. He says, I wish everybody could have all the money in the world and fulfill all their dreams so they could see that that's not the answer. Right. Because we all work in a consumer society. We're all working under the assumption, here are a couple of them, you just touched on them, a longer life is better. Mm-hmm. When TJ did the show for the third time, he was like, why? Mm-hmm. He like really broke it down. It was really <laughs> challenging to me. Yeah, he yeah. was like, why do we think that's better? Right. It's like a short life is like tragic. You know what I mean? God forbid a, a child dies. So sad. And he is just way out there with the nihilism. Mm-hmm. This kind of lovely. It can be lovely at times. It's not just sad for him. He actually finds a way to rejoice in it. But even that, the, mo- the least spiritual person I know, TJ, has, has turned into like an inadvertent mystic. Because it's that same Buddha, I say this all the time, but said the world is on fire. Everything is burning up around you. Mm-hmm. There's n- you, can't, you can't save it. Right. You don't own shit. I know you have a lovely house. That's not your house. No. That's not your shirt. Right. It's not even your fucking body, bro. I mean, it is, but it isn't. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's molecules. I mean, that's Sarah's. Yeah, we're all molecules, we're all sweetie. molecules, sweetie. Yeah, that's her Twitter bio, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is. It but is. she just always says that, and it's all. And like, if you think about it for two seconds, you're like, oh yeah, I'm the fucking same as. But you know, oh yeah, a cup. Yeah. But the, to that, I say, I disagree with that yeah. to a certain extent. Uh, you want to talk about consecration. Like, it's it's a trip that anything exists. So right. we could take this pen, and the idea of consecrating it, giving some sort of ceremony, we burn some incense, and we all focus on the pen. 
you can really start to appreciate the absurdity. It should be something organic like an apple, but mm-hmm. we'll do a pen. That anything exists. That molecules that are leaving, coming and going, the molecules that are in me have been in you during this interview. They're right. going to swap. It's all this constant intercourse of energy. That, that means it's absurd that your body remembers how to make you. You know what I mean? Like there's there's a blueprint, even though all your cells have shifted over, it still remembers to make Harris the same way every seven years completely. So the idea of we're all molecules can make you go, everything is nothing. Or you can go like, holy shit, we are all just molecules. These molecules choose to continually represent Harris? Mm-hmm. That's fucking nuts. You're not just molecules. You're this thing that there's this unbelievable engine behind yeah. An unseen transcendent will that goes, nah, Harris is a thing. Yeah, uh, that's <laughs> beautiful, but also, but then you could also look at us like ants on a hill, which, if, uh, I mean, that's what we are. We're, you know, yeah. you know that. I, I have ants in my house. Yeah. And I wipe them up all the time. And I don't have the I don't have the courage because I don't want to be insensitive going back to taboo yeah. and say every day is an ant nine eleven and I'm I am the cause yeah it's me yeah every day three or four it's horrible like, well, tragedies they, they really don't know I guess right but just like if you pull out the telescope enough like we're well that yeah because this all led to my drug addiction which yeah. we will talk about we're gonna get to that for sure I'm just enjoying talking to you can I say this I think yeah. you're gonna enjoy it yeah. I kill ants when they're inside. Ready? Okay. Ready for this drug thought? It wasn't on drugs. I kill ants when they're inside. They don't know they're inside. If I see ants outside, I go, that is fine. Mm -hmm. These ants are on a tree. (laughs) They are outside. (laughs) Then when they're in my house, Mm -hmm. my house is gigantic compared to them. They think they're outside. (laughs) (laughs) They think they're playing by the rules. Or they're terribly lost and frightened. That's and then you just come in and murder them. Yeah. But and I mean I leave a couple to tell the that, tale. I think that if you live by the live and let live philosophy, which I do, then they fucked up. They shouldn't be up in your house, even if they didn't know. I mean Wait, I thought live and let live meant we let them live. That's in there twice. No, but it's like oh, it's like unless someone does harm to you. Uh-huh. Like if a trespasser, if a burglar comes into your house... And he's going to kill you. And he's going to kill you, I can kill, kill him. him. Right. So, you know, ants, you know, when they get all up in your shit, I'm just saying... You know, it's funny because on another scale, the ants... I, I had a handyman by, and it was like, ants kill termites. So he's like, it's good to not get rid of the ants. And mm-hmm. they don't really bother me. As long as you don't leave like a like a swab of honey on the counter, right. you're fine. Right. That's when the 9-11s happen mm-hmm. because there's just millions of them. And I'm like, I am so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like I just have to mourn them as they're going. Well, you got all that honey all over your place. I got all that fucking honey, it's man. It's all over the place. Got all that fucking honey. But no matter how many I wipe out, there's just a billion more. It just reminded me of a bit from my first stand-up set uh, that was like, uh, I had ants in my apartment and I couldn't find Raid, so I used hairspray <laughs> and it didn't kill them, but they looked fantastic. <laughs> give me that wheat! Yeah, give me that wheat! If I were you, if you ever do the wheat fix joke again, yep. tag every joke after that, give me that wheat. That's a good idea, actually. Because it would be really, really funny. Yeah, and it'll pad time and I only have like eight minutes, <laughs> so this yeah. is a good idea. <laughs> I remember when we did the comics to watch, and you were just up there, and you're like, I'm just a writer. I'm not a comedian. I'm not an actor. <laughs> I'm not an actor. And since then, you've been doing more comedy, more acting, all that yeah. sort of stuff. And I was like, 
Well, why are you saying this? <laughs> why are you saying this to a room full of industry I know, people? I know it was it was kind of badass. Oh, I know. I regretted everything about that whole. That's experience. a terrible panel. Yeah. Do you remember how I tried to take it over? It was so weird because I was know, so we, uncomfortable. We all were. That's yeah. not. It's not a normal thing. Like it's like uh, in in Bangkok where they line up like ten prostitutes and then old men judge them and pick them. <laughs> That's what it felt like. And we were the prostitutes. We were the prostitutes. I understand. So how does uh, this existential or whatever you want to call it lead to your drug addiction? Uh, I just really stopped caring about my life. I just really started to think like, well, if I'm only here for 80 years, then who cares if I spend it high or not? I'm right. all gone, so who gives a shit? Kind of like uh, Alan Arkin in Little Miss Sunshine. He's like 70 and he's snorting heroin. Yeah. Because he's like, who cares? Yeah. I've made it. Yeah. And then you were like, oh, we're all 80. <laughs> you know what I mean? Essentially, if you ex- – <laughs> yeah, out of a billion years, 80 or 50 or 30 years is nothing. It's all the same. You're, right. It's, it's, right, right, right. I'm rounding up or down or whatever. Right. You're either nothing or nothing. Yeah, and also I, I – <laughs> Oh, God. Right. Am I going to do drugs now? <laughs> Are you here to convert me the, to do drugs? No. I mean, the I, I'm still trying to figure out like how to really just like value my – life as uh, i don't have a wife or kids or anything so there's nothing truly depending on me xbox uh, the xbox no i am a playstation guy drum set drum set drum set depends on me yeah um Gotta change those heads baby i do they're in my car now and we're playing uh, at the troubadour tonight no shit yeah what's it called again don't tell don't me. stop or we'll die don't stop or we'll die i knew it um check it out well what's interesting is so I don't think you know that I went to rehab again. I didn't know that. Yeah. Since yeah. you got out of rehab and were like, I got to do the podcast again. And then I started shooting heroin. You didn't. Yeah. And then had to go to rehab again and then and got out like, you know, a few months ago, maybe. Really? Yeah. Are you ready to talk about this? I... I'm just, you we know. We just end the podcast. I know. No, You're welcome I'm not. for piano we have keys. To know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what words to say. It's, I mean, it's not a huge deal, but, um, you, yeah, it's still fresh. Like, I still haven't figured it all out. I'm not like this guy that's like sobriety's awesome, right. and and um, it's just so like I'm still in the phase of like. Uh oh, life is still life, but now you've taken my drugs from me, so I have nothing to like numb out when I get like bored or whatever. Right. You um, just have to. You just have sit to through it. sit through it. And, I just, just and to, it's interesting to commiserate with you. Just last night, I was thinking about reincarnation. I was looking at a crying baby, and I was like, if I just woke up and was like this again, like I think I might be sad too. <laughs> I might just be like, ah, fuck no. And there's a guy. Uh, you know, what I mean is those feelings and those thoughts aren't that strange. Mm-hmm. Here I am, like, seemingly put together. There's no difference between you and I. It's just different right. activities. I want you to feel solidarity. I understand yeah. the plight. And it's a daily thing. Yeah. That's part of being human. It goes back to what we were saying about death. Death is always looming over us. But we're all just like, I got the new iPhone. You know, we're all just kind of playing pretend. Uh, the mystic part of me wants to just say, like... When we can put ourselves in the moment, but you're also talking to a guy. I sedate myself with my things. Yeah, it's always one bad thing at the end of the day, jerking off, or it's a or glass of scotch, or Thai whatever food it scotch, is. or whatever. Uh, what does Zen means the eternal now, right? Does I, it? I believe so. 
Here I am saying it. And I'm like, I have no fucking idea. <laughs> no, I. But um, so I think that that actually like kind of helps me and um, can help uh, anyone just like stay present. I think that's the key because when you like, it's very easy for people to future trip, which is like yep, or be in the past. What well, is saying like if you have one foot in tomorrow and one foot in yesterday you're pissing on the present or whatever oh that's interesting yeah so i would have um, gone with like you don't have your footing in the present or something you're, yeah you're no but we it. have fun in aa and we have fun <laughs> phrases with dirty words <laughs> that's how you mix it up you know you're joking because you're a comedy writer but some of them are like this aa thing is pretty dope yeah, like because they yeah, said that yeah but that is true look why why do we stress out why do we have thoughts like look 80 years, 50 years, 30 years, on a global scale, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Those are those are future thoughts. You're like, I'm going to die. But when you look at yourself like, oh, I get to be here. Right now, we're just two people talking and everything's fine right now. Right. There's literally nothing wrong right now. Right. And if even if I'm like, oh, do I have to put money in the meter or whatever, that's future shit. But like, right. Everything's fine. It's all stories you're telling yourself. But yeah, so just like, you know, my drug thing got out of hand because of a breakup i would say and that was all oh fuck i'm gonna die alone shit i ruined like this thing with this girl that i was that was the one yeah there's that stuff so you had um, well why don't you take us through that'll give us a nice well that i mean that's okay um i i've done drugs recreationally since i was like 12 Mm -hmm. and it's always been fun, and that's always kind of been my identity. Is like, yeah, the drug guy, drug guy sucks, but it's you know I love the Van Fish. I've seen him a hundred times, right. and I kind of played into that. Like, yeah, you got acid, sure, give it to me, whatever. And then <clears throat> the thing that happens with opiates is if you uh, stop taking them, you get sick. You fucking go into withdrawals. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, now I have to do this. I have to do drugs, or I'm not well. And then. So I started dating this girl um, a few years ago, and she was, like, perfect. She a uh, cool girl in a band and, and uh, like, funnier than me and, and just, like, you know, all the shit that you want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was already kind of dabbling in, um, in Vicodin and Norcos and stuff, like low-level opiate shit. Norco? It's, it's a Vicodin with less... Tylenol in it, so it's better for your liver. Okay. And um, <clears throat> about a month into that relationship, maybe two months. Um, what kind of relationship is? Is it still recreational? Or are you taking them at work and stuff? Or is it- no, this is purely like some at nighttime, sometimes weekends. Yeah. Uh, and also smoking a lot of pot and drinking. It was all you know. So it, it felt normal to me and and okay. Uh, and then I found out that she was like, her family was like Scientologists Mm -hmm. and that she was kind of one, this was like two months into this relationship and I was wild about this girl. Mm -hmm. And that was like this huge, like, oh fuck man. Like, what do I do? That's a huge deal breaker. Right. Um, but I think this girl's worth it. Did you consider briefly breaking up? No. Getting an (laughs) e-meter? Well, the plot thickens. I mean, I... <laughs> <clears throat> uh, 
So I was so that I, has to be a box on the Scientology thing. In love with a Scientologist. Uh, yeah, that has to be. Why are you here? Yeah, in love with a Scientologist. Exactly. I would say. I mean, okay. Yeah, keep going. I'm sorry. So, um, okay, we kept dating for like a year, and <clears throat> but I was still always had this thing in the back of my mind that was like, oh, this thing's. Re- I want to marry this girl one day, but I'm still really bought like. And I loved her family. They were awesome. But it still really fucked with me. How did it... And her dad even said... Well, go ahead. How did, I was wondering how it showed up in your, in your life. It, 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 her, her religion. How it showed up or how I found out or like how did it... Just like how, how did it show... It wasn't a part of your daily existence. No, no. It, and it's not even um, overt in any way. Yeah. There's just certain things that... Are, would be said in in a, a certain vocabulary, right. like, um, "Hey, I want to have Harris over to dinner with the family." Or do you think we're skipping a gradient? Like, there's just mm-hmm. and there's just like different clues, just weird things like that. And um, uh, my back, I had a back problem. He was like, "Ah, these bodies of ours, huh?" Like, there was just certain things that I was like, "Oh, that's kind of Scientology." Right. Right. And, um, but they were fucking awesome. I can't stress that enough that like, they yeah. seemed to have some answer that was like, into, you were in, I was into, yeah. they, they were like always laughing and having fun and like a very close family. Right. I, I felt similarly about some of my Mormon friends. I'm yeah. Like, what is, what is going on here? Well, I want some of that Kool-Aid. And I, and one of the things that is appealing to me, uh, to be vulnerable, about Scientology is it is kind of like a self-help religion. I haven't read Dianetics, but I watched a YouTube video that kind of explained it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, the, the basics. And I was like, oh, this is this is Tony Robbins. This is Wayne Dwyer. This is, yeah. this is positive thinking. This is goal setting. It's yeah. like really, you know, they to have, me. They like, have communication courses yeah. and stuff. It's well, when I saw all... The Master, I was like, I just want to sit across from somebody and, like, stare at them yeah. and have them insult me and yeah. not be affected. Like you with your I can't be in- insulted. You were also saying my d- the dad said something to you and I interrupted you. Oh, he, he, um, he was like, ask me any question you want about it. And I'll be straightforward. And I was really? like, all right, uh, aliens, is that true? Is yeah. he new? And he was like, I'm a smart guy. Do you think I would ever fucking get involved with something that had that as part of it? But how is that not part? It, it is. The thing is, like, I think they're trained to not freak you out before you're ready to take that information in. Right. So deny it, lie to them. This is all my theory. I understand. And then by once you get to OT3 or whatever, then they can tell you the truth. Interesting theory. So, because he, he did just outright tell me that's not, he, he's a smart guy and he wouldn't subscribe to that shit. That's right. stupid. Hmm. So, because I was kind of had this inner turmoil going, I started getting more into oxycodone, which is a, like a pretty strong opiate. Right. And, Rush um, Limbaugh, right? Yeah, yeah. yes. It's like heroin in a pill. Yes. So. So because of the the strike, I would say there is just like an uneasiness. It, I I was kind of just always a little weird about the Scientology thing with this girl that I loved, and I couldn't handle that like inner turmoil. And I just would instead of thinking about it, I could take a pill and just relax, and everything was fine. Right. I. 
just again to relate, yeah. I've had relationships that were 100% fueled on alcohol. Okay. I was like, yeah. three drinks in, this girl is fucking awesome. Right? Yeah. She's the best girl. Sober or on coffee. Yeah. I went to one meal with a girlfriend that was like that on coffee instead of a downer, alcohol. Yeah. I was like, I almost said I have to go <laughs> in the middle of the dinner, before the meal had come. Not even the middle, the beginning. I had to be like... You are horrible. Yeah. <laughs> I have to go. Yeah. Go on. Yeah, the cold light of day on a relationship is uh Oh yeah. And a day date just walking around. That'll uh, go to the Lithuanian the street fair. Yeah. And you're like, I think we need to break up. Yeah, go to the tar pits stone cold sober <laughs> for an hour. If you can handle it, proposed yeah. by yes. the Tyrannosaurus. So um also La Brea Tar Pits means the the tar pits. The the tar tar pits. Anyways. Really? La Brea means the tar? Yeah. Uh, the, the tar tar pits. Okay. The, the tar The tar, yeah. The, the tar tar yeah, pits. Yeah, the La Brea, yeah. The, the tar tar pits. Okay. <laughs> That's just fun. That's just good fun. ATM machine. Automatic teller machine machine. Uh, uh, Los Angeles Dodgers of, Anna. oh, Los Angeles Dodgers. Yeah. The, the Angels Angels. No, no, the Los Angeles Angels, Angels of Anaheim. The, the Angels Angels. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god okay all right so the inner turmoil is too much you take the pill and it goes away i'm not gonna blame all of it on that like also um there was a lot of work stress and just like i had signed a deal and i was working on these pilots and i had to write that humble brag book and i yeah. and it was there was just a lot going on and it was easier to just take drugs and and do it all i wrote that entire book on so much drugs humble brag yeah that's a humble brag that was a humble brag. Yeah, yeah. I wrote. I wrote a whole book on drugs. <laughs> um, a, it's two layers. You wrote a book. Yeah, uh, and you're good enough on drugs to write a book. Right. That really did it for me. Right. Okay. <laughs> so, um, at a certain point, it got out of control. We weren't even like when you're on opiates, your dick just doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, you can it's the only thing that's not high. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can fuck sometimes, and but you'll never come. I faked orgasms like a hundred times, which is difficult. Wearing a bag, sometimes without, I would pretend to like catch it in your hand. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah. Oh man, or like that if it went on their like butt or something. I yeah, I come on asses. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I would quickly get a tissue and wipe it off before they could like tell if anything. I mean, there's just a lot of methods, wow. but um. Because when I was single after this relationship, I would hook up with girls, and I was still on just so many opiates. And they were – this one girl was like the most beautiful girl I've ever been with, and I couldn't come. For, and I was like, oh, this is a problem. Mm. This That's when I was like, this is a problem. I should be ejaculating right now. Is it because you feel so good your body's just like, eh? Uh, it's, I, I don't know what the reason, yeah, I, I don't know what the scientific reason is, but literally, like, you just can't achieve, yeah, maybe your body's just like, I'll take it from here, dick. Right. You've had your fun for long enough. Right. This is our turn. Now the body's the, yeah. the orgasm. <clears throat> so her dad, this girl's dad and her one day came over to intervene. They just walked into my house at like nine in the morning, my girlfriend. And her mm. father. You got to get up and have an intervention. Yes, I, 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 They probably wouldn't technically call it an intervention, but they were like, "Do you want to get better?" And I was like, "Yes." They're like, "Come with us right now." They're going to take me to Scientology Center. Mm -hmm. 
the whole time they were like, that's how you, that's the only way you can get sober. It's worked for, I, I, I don't mean to keep speaking in defense of Scientology, <laughs> but there are people that we know mm-hmm. that have gotten sober through, I almost look at it like an AA, like higher power sort of thing, being like, I'm going to, I'm going to surrender to this thing. I'm, well, again, they, they put you in a, they lock you up for three months and pump you full of niacin and make you do saunas and stuff. If you go anywhere for three months, you're going to come out sober. <laughs> that's the that's it. So they could put you in a room with only Garfield comic strips on the wall. And for, after three months, you'd be like, oh, Garfield got me sober. But that's no, interesting. Just, didn't do drugs for three Although, months. It's interesting. I've talked about niacin. Is, that's what they do? That's yeah. what you did? Keep yeah. telling the story. This is way too interesting for me to talk. Um, so I I – Declined going with them that day. And um, was that difficult? That was very difficult to look her dad in the eye and say, no, I'm not going to do because that was me saying, I, I don't buy into your whole religion. Right. And I'm going to do this on my own. Um, cut to me not doing it on my own. I was seeing a therapist. I was going, I was doing like outpatient kind of stuff, not working. Finally, what is outpatient sort of? Outpatient is like rehab, but you don't go stay somewhere. Uh, you go for a couple hours a day. You read a Garfield strip, but then you, you read. Go it's home. All, yes, exactly. <laughs> and so, finally, my relationship was either going to I to crumble, or I was tired of having a babysitter. Basically, um, I wanted to do drugs and not be pressured to quit anymore. Mm-hmm. So I broke up with her, and. But then proceeded to just do nothing but drugs for like a few weeks, mm. and friends. We were calling you. You disappeared for a couple of weeks. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. Just disappeared. Nobody and, noticed. Um, my friends like kind of noticed, but um, also like. I'm pretty good at coming up with like excuses. I mean, drug addicts are good at at improv. At, yeah, they're good at improv. <laughs> We're all UCB trained. <laughs> they got the new center on uh, Sunset, so I just take classes. It. Valet, five dollars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm excited about that new theater. Are you? So yeah, they got parking on the roof. It's great. It's a little real self-contained. Oh, I love it. And um, and it's air conditioned, so it's not going to be so shitty. Oh, cool. Okay, so yeah, there's your plug, Amy Puller. <laughs> she was like, she keeps texting, like, plug the plug the theater, plug the theater, this whole fucking time. Um, so, nobody notices if you disappear for two weeks. Right, but if you don't right. plug the theater, they're gonna text you. Exactly. <laughs> That's when Besser gets all. Um. So. Okay, so I was very lonely. I had broken up with this girl for drugs, basically. Mm-hmm. I had chosen this thing over her and was trying to get her back, which is my habit and uh, for every relationship I've ever been in. I will break up with them and then try very hard to get them back. Um, Doesn't that just work? D- what do you mean? Baby, I'm sorry. Okay. Doesn't that work? Yeah, yeah, it works. You just broke and then you heart. do it again. Oh, great. And then And then they won't take you back. And then you're like, what the fuck? So I'm working on that. <laughs> you sound like piano keys. <laughs> what the fuck? What? I thought, but I just hit this key. <laughs> and you're supposed to come back. <laughs> um, 
so she's like, all right, if you ever, if you want to even think about getting back together with me, you're coming to the Scientology Celebrity Center with The me one by the UCB. Right now. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God damn it. This girl means a lot to me. I want to quit drugs. Okay. So we get to go into the drive through the secret entrance because I don't want to be seen. And then we meet this fellow who takes us upstairs. This is a very lovely building, and everyone seems very happy. Mm-hmm. And there's Fiji waters everywhere. And, um... <laughs> It's like and a four like, seasons. Yeah, it, it was like a four seasons and like cucumber waters. And oh, yeah. Like, just like all that shit. And people are just like, do you need anything? Anything at all. Super nice. Super nice. And then we go upstairs. This guy gives me his hour long spiel about Scientology and is like, he's super cool. Yeah. But at the same time, I've just always been averse to any religion, specifically new ones. And now I'm thinking about that Tom Cruise clip where he goes, it's not a religion. And then he goes, but right. they're tax exempt. And he's like, well, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they, <laughs> yeah, he has to keep yeah. going back. It's, yeah, it's, but they, did he say it's not a religion? He never called it a religion. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he basically just like charted out mind, body and spirit. And like, I kind of forget what, but he drew a picture of like our, my mind, my body, and my spirit. I don't know. And said that this one is ailing right now and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So, um, I passed. I said, I hard pass on this. Oh, you said no thanks? I said no thanks. Left. Wait, what was the question? Do you agree? Do you want to start now? Do you want to start getting better right now? But why mm-hmm. wouldn't you? Because I didn't want to do it through Scientology. I was still, I still like. You had... got to the building. I know. You are a, like a renegade. You well, went in the secret entrance and you're like, I'm good. Grabbed a Fiji and moonwalked out. <laughs> no, check this out. <laughs> so she is just done with me, this girl. Mm-hmm. You fucking made me go take you there. I thought you were ready. Get, leave me alone. Also, she saw that while we were broken up, I had texted other girls. She read my phone. There was a fight outside the 7-Eleven in Silver Lake next to the reservoir. She ran off into the night. That was a whole... With your phone, came back. Well, she was like, show me your phone. Show me that you haven't been texting other girls. uh, Or I'm never talking to you again. And I was like, well, this is a rock and a hard place. (laughs) Because if I show my phone, she will see that I have been texting. Yeah. Because we were broken up. I was allowed to do that. Yeah. And I said, I'm not showing you my phone. And she left. I haven't seen her since. It was the last time I ever saw her. She held her word. And uh, so to try my final gambit in getting her back was I called the guy at Scientology myself and said, I'm ready. I'm going to come there. This is a good story. <laughs> Thank you, Pete. <laughs> I know it's your life, but yeah. like, what a hoot for me. Yeah, good. <laughs> I'm glad one of us enjoyed this. And, um, you know, he he took me back. Still cool. Still cool as cucumber water that yep. he gave me when I walked in there. Was he like, I get it, baby? Gives yeah. you a DVD of yeah, Step Brothers. Like, yeah. You want to you <laughs> yeah. cool out? Yeah. I like the, fun comedy. The coolest guy. <laughs> yeah. He was so cool. And because um, that's what they do. They, they pick the coolest guy to bring in. Of course. In. 
So, like in the sixties, they, they would get the most beautiful women. Yes, uh, I, I read one book that said that, and it was very interesting. That's true. And then, but I came in with a girl, so they were like, "All right, give him a cool guy," because that's what ah. he's got the girl thing covered. So, so I was like, "All right, I'm ready. I'm ready to do it." Um, they were like, and I talked to a panel of them. One was like the head of Narconon, which is like. Scientology's I think they saw dollar signs in me they're like TV writer and he can get the word out about science like I think that I was somewhat of a get that's that's part of it and again that's not like a scandal that, that's a bit of the business model yeah, yeah. That's my understanding is I believe L. Ron Hubbard even said like he was like if we get people artists they're artists, very important to them I, I understand that the philosophy or what, what I understand the philosophy favors the artist and also the idea that if we get people of note, more people will see. Right. I don't I, – okay. And um, – They're right. That's not to say I'm of note, but no, I, I do write for a sure. show and they were like, well, I don't know, maybe Leslie Nope could become a Scientologist. Parks and Rec. Ah, I don't know Leslie Nope. Do I know Leslie? I don't watch sitcoms, and I don't fault you for not watching sitcoms. Why would you ever want to? <laughs> I really don't watch My sitcoms. My girlfriend loves Parks and Rec. She was excited that you were doing the podcast. Oh, that's she cool. She loves you. That's great. We say wheat thicks all the time. That's great. We do. Give me that wheat. <laughs> During sex, and then I go, I came, and then I, I wipe it real fast. <laughs> and I don't have an excuse. Killer nod. That's a nice <laughs> nod to hair bones. <laughs> um, so you say, I'm ready? Yeah, and they and they say, um, all right, so you're going to go do this Narconon uh, for three months, but you first we're going to do a, an e-meter, or we're going to audit you here. And I hope I don't get killed for revealing all this, but whatever. You, Life you're is not, meaningless. You're not, you're not saying anything that <laughs> yeah. I haven't read a million yeah, times. Yeah, yeah, okay. So um, they say you have to, before we can audit you, you have to be completely sober off everything for two weeks so how about as a commitment you give us seven hundred dollars now so that that's here for you and they give it back i i think they said or they'll give it back but sign this contract and i think i'm a scientologist is what i'm saying Mm. i think technically i am because you signed the million year contract i signed that i signed this thing and Gave them $700 and left and was like, what the fuck did I just do? I'm doing this all for a girl. I'm not doing this for me. Mm-hmm. He keeps texting that guy, cool guy. Where are you? How's it going? Are you sober? I'm so not sober. I'm doing more than ever because I feel like I just fucking defiled myself right. and went against all of my core beliefs uh, that, that I gave money to this cult and <clears throat> so I just said fucking take the money I never I don't want anything to do with it just take it uh, that's 700 bucks gone forever I don't care mm-hmm. um, that the girl I who I still hasn't talked to me since I probably I don't I'm probably like an SP or whatever suppressive person. Or, oh, is that what that is? I don't know. I, when the church like if you like yeah, yeah, go yeah. against it. Yeah, I haven't technically gone against it, but I just didn't follow through with it. I understand. Luckily, um, you're just a P at this point. Yes. So 
Luckily, my friend told me about an actual rehab in Malibu that I went to instead. Wow. Good choice for locale. Yes. They have um, Fiji water there, too. Do they have Fiji? No. They oddly... And the Gatorades, they have a lot of... They have Gatorade fridges everywhere, which is dope. Yeah. But um, it's all the G2 locale Gatorades. <laughs> I don't always complain. <laughs> I was like... Why, how am I complaining about this? This is like where fucking... I don't want to say who goes there. It's a nice rehab. Yeah. <laughs> it's the good one. It's the good one. Yeah. Uh, it's promises. I'll say that. I don't care. Yeah, sure. I, yeah, I don't yeah, know. yeah. Well, I mean, there might be people... While we're doing this, I'm like, there might be people listening who need yeah. high-end rehab. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a good one. Love the people there. Tell them Harris sent you. Yeah. Um, in your share. Yeah. In your share. <laughs> Your lion's share. <laughs> Between the lions. Yeah. So um, I got out of that rehab and... So wait, you were in it, but you never really... You were never really, really in it. You just kind of signed up for it. For Scientology? I just mean the, their rehab program. You never really did it. I did. I did 30 days there. Oh, you did 30 days? You yeah, stayed yeah. There I for stayed there days? for 30 days. In the Celebrity Center? No, no. This is a different rehab this is the promises in malibu oh i meant when the when the guy was texting you yeah yeah you yeah. never really followed through that no like, no no that. that was it then you go to promises yeah 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 that okay. was the end of the scientology of Portion me of even the... um considering it yeah was that i gave them money and then i was like all right i don't want anything to do with this keep the money i don't even want to go back to get that money back because i th- they'll fucking do weird mind games on me they got $700 from me. Yeah. That's crazy. That's yeah. I would have never done that ever. I went in being like, don't give them anything. And they're geniuses. Right. They really are good. I remember a story of uh, Paul and Aziz going into a Scientology center on a whim. They were trying to like get material, I think. Yeah. And they were like, don't let them split us up. And the first thing that happened was they were split up. <laughs> and they were like, they were just like, I don't know how that happened. Yeah. But it's interesting Again, I'm fascinated with any sort of system that can hack people. You know what I mean? I just find those stories very interesting. Two strong-willed comedian men went in and were like, don't split up, split up immediately. Uh Willingly. Yeah. What's going on? They just know how to do it. These bodies of ours. L. Ron Hubbard's, these bodies of ours. These brains of ours. Yeah. Interesting. Mind, body, spirit, which is a thing that... I agree with. That was in in the YouTube video, Mind, Body, Spirit, and that is not... uh, Anything new. No. You know that's I mean? fucking Buddhism. I yeah. mean, that's, that's, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So I did this treatment and it was great. Um, so you go to Malibu. Yeah. You connect out of Honolulu. <laughs> I, it was, it was, um, we, there was like a nice, there's a nice chef there. There's nice beds. It's, you watch TV. Yeah. It's like really you nice. Out. You chill. You just fucking decompress for 30 days. You meet people. What's the price? Uh, it's a lot. 30 days in Malibu. It's going to be a lot. 30 days in Malibu. I had some insurance take care of some of it through the Writers Guild. Yeah. I believe the entrance is $57,000. Okay. So they got more than the church. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fifty-seven thousand dollars. I, I believe that's what it costs. Woo. Now the I know people whose houses cost half of that. Yes, 
And they're, like, they're nice houses. The punchline to all this is I relapsed practically immediately upon leaving. Tell me everything. You get there, they check you for coffee and chocolate? They search your bags, they check you, they take your, uh, they, they'll take cologne from you. Alcohol? Yep. They'll take uh, razors. Suicide. Suicide. They'll take uh, condoms. Fucking water balloons. Ooh. No, I don't. <laughs> I thought drug That's balloons, their big concern. No, they just don't want people fucking. They'll take there. bullshit from you? Yeah. They'll take it. So they'll they take your fucking bullshit, <laughs> check it at the door. This is truth in here. Yeah. So then what? Your schedule is meetings. Your schedule is you wake up at like seven a.m. every day on the weekends. You get to sleep till seven fifteen. No, really? Yeah. You get fifteen more minutes. Yeah. It's like military. It's red. Yeah, military. yeah, yeah. Because free time for an addict is horrible. Aha. Uh-huh. Um. So you're not sleeping in anyway. No, no. You're not no. rolling around like a Downey commercial. No. You're up. Yeah. You're eating scrambies. Yeah. And good scrambies. Good chef. Amazing scrambies. Great chef. <laughs> Shout out. <laughs> Shout out to Chef Ed Promises. I mean, he, I would literally be like, fried chicken tonight? And he'd be like, okay. Really? Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Yeah. Um, he wasn't your chef. He was cooking for everyone. But there's only like 20 of us. It was like a family. It was like, you know. You get real close. Yeah. And there's sessions. You're, you have you, you have to sign up at the same time as everyone else. There's, yeah, you all have a schedule and there's like four groups throughout the day where you all meet and talk. There's individual stuff. There's something called um, neurofeedback, which is like supposed to help with, it's like this new technology. You look at a computer screen and there's this weird these weird sounds going in through your headphones and like you tell the computer what you need to work on like insomnia uh memory and the sounds and the lights on the screen which are very trippy looking are supposed to uh, dial into that part of your brain and if you do like 30 sessions of these neurofeedbacks then it's supposed to solve that it's a very new thing obama has endorsed it it's kind of cool i'm writing it down you know it's so funny because that sounds like if I were writing this story, that's what the Church of Scientology. Would I know. Do. I know. Well, that's what I start. We start to realize it is AA Scientology, Christianity. It's all the same shit. Yeah. It's all just like someone tell me how to fucking live. I don't. I don't know. What Can I'm you doing. help? Yeah, yeah. Just help. I just tell me what to do. Give me instruction. Well, that's the appeal of the of the of the schedule. Yeah. This is the appeal of Loki in the Avengers. He's just like, can't you see how nice it is to <laughs> yeah. kneel? Yes. You just want someone to tell you what to do. That's all AA is, is, is the first thing is admitting you're powerless. So the second thing is giving your power over to something bigger than you. Yep. Those are the first two and most important steps of AA. Um, so. You're eating fried chicken. Right. So. Um. And you go to off-site AA meetings every night, and um, it's cool. Like, I, this is my first foray into the program, and I have friends that are in it. That and, but, and I went to meetings before I went to this rehab, and it never stuck. It never clicked with me. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to... Hit bottom, right? You have to hit your bottom. And you did. I hit my spiritual bottom in a big way. Mm-hmm. I'm what they call a high bottom. I didn't lose my house, my job, my car. I wasn't living on the streets. I right. didn't go to jail. Um, but I didn't want to live. I didn't care if I lived or died anymore. Mm-hmm. So that's that was my spiritual bottom. And that was enough for me to be like, I, I have to change how I'm living. Um, and sobriety was great. 
for that 30 days. I, I was loving it. Yeah, coffee. Cigarettes? Um, ton of cigarettes. Um, just nonstop. And they say work on shit in the order that's killing you. So drugs first, then worry about cigarettes after that. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, I get out. I, I um, You feel great. I feel great, but I really wanted to get high one more time. My, because my tolerance was down. Because your last like three months that you're on this stuff, you're not even getting high. You're just not getting sick. Wow. So I was like, I just want to get high one more time just to see what it's – just to feel that and then just say goodbye Did to Did you it. have it? No. I had to get it from my dealer who knew I was in rehab who was like, is this a good idea? And I'm like, you're my dealer. Just deal. give it – just deal. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's so modern the dealer that's like i know i know we're just in rehab yeah yeah that's very interesting yeah she um she that's mm. also modern mm-hmm. um, it's just a weeds no one would watch <laughs> yeah it's an it's an attractive female no, people that, that, would watch the shit out of this weeds yeah that's she's true. a fucking character man yeah so um <laughs> i would tell you other details but then it would out her probably yeah so i can't <laughs> It's Kathy Griffin. It's it's close. It's Kathleen Turner. Um so Okay, so she gives me I'm like, "All right, I'll just buy like two more just for the night." Two it's not more? a two more. Yeah. What's two more? Two more pills. Oh, you bought the pills. Yeah, I brought two oxy pills. I thought you were going That's just the hour yeah, light. Yeah. You <laughs> listen to the show. Uh, you Oh, so you're not injecting? Oh, that's right. You hadn't. I had never used heroin. You had never used heroin. You no. just got two pills. So, but that two pills turned into I went right back into it, mm-hmm. and because you got really high, I got high, and I was like, "Oh, this is amazing." I'm your brain do it just one more time. Your brain. These bodies of ours. Your brain went. Woo-hoo! Yeah, my yeah. your lizard brain kicks in so hard once yeah. you do that that all you're thinking of, all your. Intellect and rationale is in your Out, frontal yeah, cortex, yeah. and at the stem of your brain is your lizard brain going, "Give me that fucking dopamine rush. That's how we're gonna live. Yeah, give me that. Yeah, you throw everything, everything else, else goes out out the window, and reason gone. Reason gone. So I get to the point where I'm not getting high anymore once again mm. because I'm doing so much. I'm taking fifteen. Do you remember pills a day. the feeling the first time you were taking a bunch and you were like, "Oh no, yeah, we've plateaued." Yes. I remember taking five like it was candy Mm. and going on a walk down Vermont and um, being like, you know, this is going to be a great day. And it never kicked in. And I was like, oh, this fucking sucks. Wow. Yeah. And that should just still be a good day. I was, but that's all I was thinking was like, I wonder these drugs and I want to feel like I'm floating while I peruse Skylight books. Right. And um, great bookstore. Uh, in the addiction section. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. I have. I done that. What? Bought addiction books there. Wow. Never high. read one page. Yeah. Well, high. Yeah. And then never read a page. I, and, I, um, again, just to relate, it's always like someone who used to swear off pornography and stuff. Yeah. It's right after you just finished using it, <laughs> yeah. or during even. Yeah. You're like, this is it. I just. I'm just trying to make you feel of course. with me. That's that. I know you're with me because <laughs> you're with a human <laughs> and we're all the same. Yeah, baby. Um, so 
I, they didn't kick in. They didn't kick in, so I decide to make the jump to heroin. I'm not going to shoot it. I'm just going to snort some heroin. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, it's basically the same thing. Uh, yeah, and it's also much cheaper. Really? Much, much, much cheaper. Those pills were like 30 bucks a pill. Hmm. And, I mean, they're it's crazy now. And you, you go to a place a to get off those pills that cost $60,000. I mean, yeah. this is not... Yeah, no, no, no. It's this like the Robin is... Williams joke. He goes, cocaine is God's way of telling you you have too much money. Yes. Drugs will do that in a second. Yeah, just stop... Like, and I'm like, I don't want to fucking pay this money to stop doing drugs. I, it's, it's just putting more money into this drug habit. But it's like, no, you would have spent so much more in the span of your life. Right. Or died. So just pay that money. Who gives a shit? Mm-hmm. Um, so I am like, how do I get heroin? I don't know anyone with heroin. My dealer doesn't sell heroin. Um, homeless guys. Go ask uh, at a needle exchange. I know there's needle exchanges. Go over there and and uh, ask one of them where you can get it. What is this office space? <laughs> How do you launder money? I felt like that. I really oh, felt like that. Oh my god! Well, my actually the first time that I tried, I saw a guy on Santa Monica and like something just hanging out alone on a corner, and uh, I rolled up. It was like two in the morning. It's like, it's too late for him to be standing out there alone. And then I was like, hey, man, I'm looking for stuff. And he's like, yeah, you want company? I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I was looking for heroin. And he was like, oh, I don't know about that. I'm a prostitute. Like, I, yeah. you know, I'll fuck. And I'm like, no, this was uh, ill-conceived. <laughs> and drove off. And then so I... Did you say thank you? Yeah, I said thank you for your time. Uh, $10 hand job. <laughs> Because I didn't want to be rude. Attendy hay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Attendy hay. <laughs> Booty time. Tandy hay. And uh, so so I found these guys and they were like. Wait, where? At this needle exchange. Oh, you did? I looked it up online. Went I went to, to a needle exchange. And it was on a day. <laughs> That's so, so smart and so fucking scary yeah, yeah. and crazy. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah. It's everything. It was crazy. It is what everyone would do if they're like, who's addicted to heroin? <laughs> Needle exchange. Yeah. It's it's like, it's a step beside going to a rehab clinic. Yeah. And being like, where did you get it? Right, exactly. And then leaving. Well, fucking, if you go to an NA meeting, there that's where you... Right. Dealers have been known to hang out at NA meetings because that's where all the heroin addicts are. Wow. Um, like Breaking Bad. Yeah, exactly. So... I find these two guys, and they say, first off, you need to lose your fucking Ray-Ban sunglasses and change your shoes because you look like a fucking cop. And I was like, okay, this is helpful. And they're like, we don't have drugs in us because this is food day here. We're all getting food. This isn't needle exchange day. And I was like, oh, I came on the wrong day. Can I just ask? Yeah. You just went, and you went in? No, I went. There were, there were like, ten guys outside, like... And I just went and kind of just walked up and was like, hey, guys, what's up? And they were like, hi. And I was like, uh, gave him a couple bucks. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm looking for something. They're like, what you looking for? And I was like, uh, H. And uh, they were like, man, you look like a fucking cop. That's when they gave me that spiel. And I was like, I swear to God, I'm not a cop. I just, I usually do pills. I'm new at this. Just help if you can help me out. You just just laid me it in all the direction. Out. Yeah, 
You went, do you watch Parks and Rec? Yeah. <laughs> They're like, you're the animal control guy. <laughs> and um, There's a we live in parks, we don't watch parks joke, but we're not going to do that. <laughs> you did do it. You just did it. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, uh, they, they pointed me in the direction of a place called MacArthur Park, mm. which is a, a horrific place. I mean, it's like it can be a family place in the day. Yeah, and then but then also it's just rampant with uh, drugs and horrible activities. Mm-hmm. And I went there, and this story could take nine hours, so I'm just gonna give the abridged version. I I don't know how I feel about that. I I found a. They told you who to get. They were like, look for cheese. They just said, go to MacArthur Park and you'll find it. Really? Just find the guys hanging out. What is this, out. a quest? Yeah, it was. I felt you'll like know when I you was need like to use it. Link. <laughs> Note, I didn't say Zelda, because a lot of people say Zelda, yeah, and I she's the princess. I do. Get it. Ganon. Thank you. <laughs> look for Ganon. <laughs> and I found um, my Ganon was a group of uh, Mexican men. Mm. And I saw them, and I went up and said... Do you ask for J? I s- <laughs> that's a very funny joke. What? Because J in Spanish is an H sound. Oh, that's great. So you go and ask for yeah, J. Yeah, yeah, That is really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't do that, though. What did you do? I asked for H. <laughs> <laughs> I love the things that, like, it, that's not going to work. If they're cops and you're like, I meant ham, it's yeah. not going to work. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, but go no. on. Yeah, I could just say it. Who gives a shit? Right. And um, one guy got very angry at me. Why? I've never fucking... He was like, I'm not a huge guy. He was much smaller than me. Yeah. And was like, man, I've never seen you around here. This is my fucking neighborhood. This is my fucking neighborhood, man. You look like fucking cop. Those fucking cop shoes. Those guys were right at the New York Change the shoes. I was wearing like white Nikes. They they did look like cop shoes. Those are cop shoes. Yeah. You can run in them. Yeah. You can give chase. Yes. And... um. And so he got all mad. He's like, get the fuck out of here. He was like, no, actually, first, let me see you're not wearing a wire. He lifts up my shirt. I'm, like, being harassed by this guy. Yeah. And I can't do shit. This is just, like, demoralizing. Yeah. You're in international waters. Yes. So he is like, get the fuck out of here. His friend comes over and says, like, hey, man, I'll So you, you do out. get the fuck out of there. I, get, I go and walk, like... Like the Charlie Brown song yes. playing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hey, man, I'll help but you. But it was, like... Because it was, there's a lot of Mexicans there, and there's a lot of um, Latino music. Yeah, like live bands. <laughs> That's not true. True, there are live. It's like a fair. It's like a weird nexus of the world. And there's they're cooking, they're grilling meats and corn pies or whatever, and and uh, what? Yeah, it's just so there like, are families there. Yeah, there are. Fa- this was daytime. You went during the day. Yeah. Okay. And. So that guy that said he was going to help me out did. He goes, all right, I left two balloons under that trash can. Give me your 40 bucks. I went, I got the two balloons. I went back to my car, went back to my house, uh, opened up the balloons, saw that I had procured um, what you put in a hookah, tobacco. Yeah. Fake. He sold you tobacco. He sold me tobacco. I went, well, all right, got to go back. Went back. Smoked the hookah, went back. Smoked the hookah, it was lovely. <laughs> Strawberry kiwi. It was a great day. The end. And then I cleaned up my act. Yeah. 
And no, instead I went back and same day, same night. I went back at night this time, and I brought my friend because he wanted me to not be getting heroin alone at MacArthur Park. Did he want you to not be getting heroin that, at all? Yes, yeah. but I was like, that's not an option right now. So either you, you can come pain? with me. Are you in pain? Yeah, I was getting sick. So I all I cared about was scoring, and I was like, um, I can go alone. Or you can come with me, and that's I'll be a little safer. And he was like, all right, I'll come with you. So that was very nice of him. Very dick of me to put him in danger. Comedy writer? No. A friend from Houston. Oh, wow. My oldest friend in the world. I thought world. he was like, I'm going to write a movie about this <laughs> no, shit. No, I'm going to write a movie about this shit. Yeah, that's what I keep thinking. Um, so these two guys, these gentlemen were black, and they said, we got what you need. You got to walk with us like a mile. What? Yeah. So heroin people. I, I don't know. know a lot of heroin people. They don't want to walk a mile. They cannot. You got to do some calisthenics. Well, I they saw marks. Like they knew we were marks because they. Is this another story like this? Yeah, they fucking robbed us. They walked us like a mile, and then took our money. Said he was going into this building. I said, "I'll give you twenty bucks on top for leading me to stuff." Yeah. On top of the 40 that it costs, right? So I give him the 40 to go into this building. He leaves, leaves me and my friend, and then his two friends there with us. So it's like, I'll be right back. My friends are there. See, I'm not going anywhere. My friends are there. Right. One by one, his friends ditch us. So we go back to MacArthur Park. This is crazy. Just crazy at this, this point. This story is crazy. We... They just left? Did they Did they give excuses like, I gotta pee? Yeah. I also have yes. to pee. He was like, yes, they all had their dumb excuses. And Not uh, as good as Well, him, the last guy who had not a skateboard... Not UCB trained. Not UCB trained. He goes, I see him, he's coming, and then gets on a skateboard and leaves. And we're like, we're standing next to you. I see no one. There's no one coming. And he just leaves. So we go back to try to find another guy. Oh my god. And we f- I find a guy who clearly has AIDS. White guy on a bike who is clearly, like, going to die in, like, two weeks. Like, that stage of it. I have a bowling pin laugh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> he made me bowling pin laugh. And he, I, we tell him our predicament, and he says... Can I... Obviously, you're operating under the assumption, we tried Mexican, we tried black, I'm going to this white guy. Yes. I was like, like, that's that's kind of how it works there. Like, people do... It's like prison. It is like prison. It's tribal. So I was like, all right, this white guy will help me. He understands my plight out here, that no one trusts me, and, and, right. and maybe he will. Right. He was still very paranoid that I was a cop. So um, he... Right as he took you, our I money... I would cast you as a cop. Thank you. And like an unlikely cop? Yeah. Like, what was that movie where there was a like really, really... Oh, it was Breaking Bad. They had a really, really skinny guy, uh-huh. and he was a cop. Yeah, like, yeah. Nobody that skinny is a yeah. cop. No, I couldn't be a cop. He's a cop. That's ridiculous. Yeah, but that'd be good. You'd yeah. be good for a cop. Uh, well, apparently not, though. The people that would know are like, that's a cop. Oh, apparently I'm... No, they all thought I was a cop. Yeah. You're so, a cop. I'm very convinced Tell your police agents officer. you're a cop type. Yeah. You didn't know. They'll be thrilled. <laughs> How do you know? You're like, Trust all me. those cop number one, cop number two roles. <laughs> We're going to be rolling in it. Um, R-O-L-E. Yeah. yeah. Rolling in it. Oh, God. <laughs> Thank you. Sell that at 
somewhere. <laughs> Put that on a shirt. Um, Dave King and I were coming up, little Esther, we're coming up with, she has this t-shirt company. Yeah. Or this idea of just like Hollywood, like tech avail or like um, just different Hollywood yeah, lingo, like right. uh, top of call sheet, number one on the call sheet, just like <laughs> totally inside. Um, so, okay. So this guy is about to give us our stuff and then the after you sure you're not yes, a cop he's kind of yes, like okay i yeah. can help you the three black guys that From just before. robbed us come back they see us they come over scare the white guy off because he's like what's going on because they come up to me and they go where's the rest of my money and i was like what you so you stole our money what do you mean they were like the 20 bucks you promised us for walking you over there pull out a knife and say give us that and i'm like you want me to pay you on top you kept arguing for robbing me and they were like that's only fair man that's what you said and i was like fucking fine take the money give him the money give that guy 20 bucks the aids guy runs off with my money because he's freaked out he also has your money yeah he ran i just lost everything you're just littering MacArthur Park littering, just with cash. Money bags, McGee. That's your nickname, there. Yes. You mean cop bags, money bags? Yeah. Cop, <laughs> cop bags, Old money. Oh, officer, money bags. The guy with the La Brea tar pit joke. Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. you're warming him up with yeah. that. Guy that asked for a J. <laughs> um. So. <coughs> wow, this is crazy. I finally ask. So I drop my friend off back at home. I'm like, all right, we're not getting it. But I go, I have to go get it. This is like 2 in the morning now. Go back to MacArthur Park. Talk to one guy. Say, please tell me where. Just point me in the direction. He says, go to Skid Row. So I go to Skid Row at 2.30 a.m. That's downtown. That's downtown. That's yeah. where all the tents and the homeless people are. Yeah. Within two minutes, I get it. MacArthur Park was just a boondoggle. A red herring. <laughs> it was a red herring. Just a, a red harrowing. Yeah, a red har- red harrowing. It was very harrowing. <laughs> it was a harrowing red Har- harrowing. Heroin. Harrowing. Red heroin. That's a good chair. Yeah. I don't know why they call it heroin. It should be harrowin. Yeah, because that shit's harrowing. Hi, I'm Harris. That is a good chair. <laughs> good chair, man. What a ridiculous, ridiculous tale. Harris is drinking water. <laughs> so. You get it immediately. I get it immediately. You go up to a tent? I went to a, a guy on a corner who was just like, you need weed? And I was like, no, I need H. And he's like, over here. Points me to a guy. He gives it to me. You found the target of drugs. Yep. That's in aisle four. Yeah. And it was, you give him the money. I go home and I snort it and it's great. Yeah. And I get high. And I haven't been high in a while. Right. And after a while... It's when you snort it, it really burns, um, and it's unpleasant, and you, your sinuses get all fucked up. And so after like a week of doing that, I was they like, that out I, "I'm gonna just shoot it. Mm. Um, I'm just gonna try the shooting." I picked up a guy on Skid Row to teach me how to do it um, in my car. Uh, he gave me a step-by-step instruction. Before I dropped him off at did the ER. Did you try to YouTube at first? Uh, I did YouTube it also. Yeah, I did. Is it on there? Yeah. There's a very good tutorial on there about how to safely inject. Because you can fuck it up. 
Oh boy! And so it's a very helpful thing. Shit. So and I hate needles. Yeah. I hate needles. But you're you're an addict at this. uh, Yes. I and I'll do anything. You drove him to the ER. He had a rash on his leg. That was our deal. Teach me how to shoot up. I'll drive you to get that rash checked out. Disgusting. Would never have that guy in my car or within 20 feet of me, except I wanted heroin. At one point, the rash was teaching me. Yes. <laughs> At one point, over. yes. Um, Holy shit, Harris. So, and this is all like, I fucking write on a network show. Like, I'm, uh, this is, I'm living two lives right. at this point. I You're mean, still writing. I'm writing. And I'm leaving it. work to go to Skid Row. Right. People are like, you want to get a green juice? You're like, I got plans. Yeah. Me and Rash here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doing a tutorial. Yeah. In my BMW? Yeah, they're like, Jim Rash from Community? I'm like, <laughs> no, no, um, a rash on a homeless guy's leg. <laughs> oh, yeah. my God. And um, and your reason is just gone. You're not thinking weird. There's I'm, a homeless rash man in my car. You're just like, all I want is that thing. It's kind of out of body where I go, this is crazy, but yeah. oh well. It's kind of like eating at Chick-fil-A. This is stupid, but oh well. <laughs> I want this thing. Yeah. Oh my God. And They're a sponsor. So the first I'm time I ki- go, I go home <laughs> and shoot it. You, you put the needle in. Yeah. You find a vein. You put the needle in. Gross. You draw back so that blood goes into the syringe so you can see that you're in a vein Chris. you and then you push that back in Chris. and within three seconds you feel like there are a thousand dicks all over your body and they're all coming yeah like i've never felt anything like it yeah and i was like not well, even close with the pill not even close just a different ball game. not even close with the snorting no i was like okay i do heroin now that's it right that's, that was always the thing. When we were kids, they were like, you do heroin once you're addicted. Yeah. And that – but I read in uh, Kurt Cobain's book or one of them about Kurt Cobain that the first time he did it got so sick, he was like, I'm never doing that again. Yeah, I threw, but you, I threw up. Uh-huh. But that doesn't matter. I mean – Because you got the dick dick body. Yeah. And, uh, and then I proceeded to do it uh, too much and borderline overdeed, over, overdosed. Overdeed. I think I overdosed. You overdosed. I took three back-to-back shots one night and woke up. Because uh, is it is it's waning? Yeah, it's already taking more. <clears throat> it's already taking more, and you never know what you're getting each time. Right? Are you buying in bulk now? I know that's a crazy question, but are you I just was like buying. Uh, yeah, pretty felony large. amounts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, I also have to get my needles. Maybe it's a felony. Just yeah. a little bit. I don't know. So you get your needles. You wet. can get in trouble for just having needles. I think. Yeah. And I had those on me. So you, you got needles. What were you saying? You buy those too from the, over there. Oh really? Yeah, because there's a those they get them from needle exchanges and they sell them to you for a dollar or whatever. Oh wow. So you have to get like ten of those each time you go. And you can't reuse your own needle. You're not supposed to. You can maybe once, but it. Yeah. Whatever. It's gross. Um, if you, if it's just you, then I guess it's fine. Um, yeah, but you don't want to, yeah. but if there's a close up on the internet of a needle after one use and it's all shredded like a, uh, like a, yeah. Oh, wow. So, um, so I am just, so I remember this one night where I took three back to back to back shots and woke up four hours later, my body was seized up and I, my, I was sweating and my face was like ghost white and I felt like I was not there in mm. my brain and i was like i woke with a gasp like 
like I was dying. I felt yeah. like I had died. And I called in sick to work the next day. And we were shooting my episode that I wrote. So you were on script yeah. doing heroin. Yeah. And How do you motivate yourself to write when you found No, no, no. I had already written. Well, I, that's, I was good at – that's what I was saying. I was like living this double life where yeah. I would compartmentalize very easily somehow. Um, people have bits about that. I know. People are like, you don't just do heroin and then like yeah. go like, you want to get a hot dog. You were eating hot dogs yeah. and somehow doing heroin. So, right, well, but the moral of this story is that this is when it all stopped working, where I wasn't able to do to go get the hot dogs anymore. Right, because you're... Because I called in sick to work that day. I called in sick to work the next day. Called in sick to work the next day. And this was where it was like, okay, now I'm just at home shooting. Right, know? right. And finally, my sponsor, my AA sponsor, comes over. I text him, and I'm like, I don't know what to do. No one knows that I've even relapsed because they all think I got out of rehab that first time and was fine. Mm-hmm. He says, here's what you do. Wait there. I'm coming over. He came over. Um, he and also the girl I was seeing at the time, new girl. That's Zoe a whole different know? story. <laughs> Who's that girl? <laughs> Right. And uh, so they pack my bags and they send me to Oregon to go to the rehab that my sponsor went to 17 years ago. And I went there. And cheaper than Malibu? Way cheaper than Malibu. I should have started here and gone to Malibu second because this is going, that was like going from the Ritz to a motel. Right. You're um, like, where's the Fiji? Yeah. Wait, that was signed. <laughs> You're like, where's the whatever water? <clears throat> Gatorade. Where's the Gatorade fridge? Thank you. And it was awesome. And I was much more ready. This I had hit a bigger bottom than I had before. You're calling into work. I was. Call, I was. Yeah. And now you're calling into work saying I got to go to rehab. Yes. And they know. I told my boss, and he was the first time I told him I had to leave to go to rehab. He said, go get healthy. Your job's here when you get back. The second time, he said the same thing because he's the coolest dude in the world. I was worried you were about to be like, the second name is like, fuck you. It's definitely starting to lose its charm. Yeah. (laughs) But um, It's like Chelsea's bit about a third wedding. Yeah. yeah. Less enthusiasm. (laughs) I I didn't know that was a Chelsea bit. I've literally been likening it to that. Weddings? When I talk to people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She just has a bit about, you ever been to a third wedding? Right. That's what it's starting to feel like. Yeah. All right. Well, is this one going to stick? He's done it twice. Right, right, right. So. You go to Oregon. Yeah. So I go to Oregon where Robin Williams had gone to this facility. Mm. I guess that's not a glowing endorsement at (laughs) this point in time. But, um, yeah. (laughs) Well, well, happily, death is beautiful. Part of life. Wow. Did not see that. (laughs) (laughs) No, it is sad. It's sad when anyone dies. Sure. Um, even though every single human dies, uh, it's really not that sad and it's sad to not get his comedy anymore. There you go. And, um, it's sad for his family. Yep. Sorry. Okay. (laughs) You're really grappling with that idea. I feel it. I know. And I understand. I feel kind of guilty that I recreate in that space where I go hundred years, all new people. You know what I mean? Like enjoy that thought and it really is troubling you. I can see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it's it's it is. It all just seems f- there's a I used to 
when I get sober, I, do, I am able to look at it like, uh, okay, but this is a gift that you get to have this for even that amount of time. Right. Um, and I do feel that way now. When I have my life back and I'm not using and trying to kill myself, essentially, I do notice the beauty of the world and, like, right. the weather I can appreciate again. Whereas before, I'm like, I don't give a shit. Someone's, hey, nice day. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's small talk, so that sucks for other reasons. Yeah, I understand. But you really... But I can revel in a nice day now. Right. Um, I got out of Oregon. Now I'm doing an outpatient on top of that. Four times a week, I go for three hours. More group stuff. I'm just taking it a lot more seriously now because I felt like I um, I can't... I, if I go out again now that it's shooting heroin, I could die. That's right. it. right. It's not fun anymore. It's like life and death now. And I don't want to do that to my parents. I don't want to do that to myself. Um, so I'm taking it more seriously now. Um, and I'm in a good place. And, and silly as it says, but I include myself in this. Not just friends, but fans. Wheat Thicks. Wheat Thicks. You know? Who's going to say that? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I know. I know you're not. I understand that that's silly. Yeah. But when I say my girlfriend and I go around saying, give me that wheat, yeah. you're making our lives better. Thank you. You are a part of a tapestry that is, that, is a, that is bigger than you. You're a part of a reality that's bigger than you. Yeah. I know that sounds new agey. I'm just talking about my simple reality. Well, <laughs> what's interesting is now when I do stand-up, I, um, I incorporate this – drug stuff into it where I say I just got out of rehab and before I went to rehab uh, wheat thins were super funny to me <laughs> and uh, now I uh, I have to say these jokes so I kind of go back and forth between very serious stories yeah. and wheat thick <laughs> and it's working it's like fun to do that just two opposite ends no you know? that's very funny yeah so but that's like the two lenses of viewing Reality. It's yes, nice, exactly. It's nice to be in a silly place. Yeah. I feel the depressed part of all of us going, it's not real. Fuck everything. Mm -hmm. And then we, it's, it's, what I mean is it's a concentration. As a positive, silly person, I feel, as you said, I'm human, feel the same pangs that you do. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like it's the point zero 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 one percent of everybody's day. And most people can wipe it out of their memories entirely, so much so that they've actually deluded themselves that they don't really have those feelings. But the people, artists especially, are, pay are paid to pay attention to that darkness and, yeah. and address it. We're with sensitive. We're sensitive. That's another way to put it. And we're trying to battle it in a, in a, in a public way. Mm -hmm. So when I'm on stage being silly and trying to make other people silly, it's not just spilling, uh, spinning futile plates. It really is just like a, a, a microcosm of existence being like, it's better when we're doing wheat thicks. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you shouldn't be telling your hilarious, I love this podcast, hilarious dark stories have their place and it's wonderful too. But edification and uh, reinforcing of the idea that life is meaningful is part of the meaning of life. Absolutely. <laughs> and that's what we do. Yep. Parents do it to children, but adults do it to each other as well. Mentors, friends, people that are younger than you are all trying to be like, hey, hold on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I know it's cheesy. No, it's beautiful. <laughs> There's a sp uh, our spiritual counselor at uh, the Oregon place is this like 78-year-old man who is oozing with um, pus. No. <laughs> 
<laughs> Give me that weight. <laughs> I just can't explain how this guy is just like all of the good vibes. Like you can't face him. You could go up to him and spit in his face and say "fuck you," and he would just kind of smile at you and say that that was a gift. <laughs> This was a gift. I've never seen anything like it, and like he's my Buddha now. He's like enlightened. Yeah, if I can like ever get to that point, he's just awesome. But isn't that the unsolved? Look, I'm telling you, I'm just reflecting me onto you. Yeah, I go. Isn't that the unachievable purpose of life? Uh, I have a couple theories on what the meaning of life is, but isn't one of them to go? How do I get? We call it enlightenment. We call it into the kingdom of heaven. We talk about all these different words, but meaning just that like unaffected, ultimately present person that realizes that it's all horseshit in the beautiful way. Yeah. And it all horseshit or it is a gift. Like it's a gift. This moment is a gift. That's why Ron Livingston in Office Space is like a hero of mine. Right. That guy's got it Right. Right, right, right. It's funny that it came up earlier. Yeah. Because that's right. That's right. Understanding... On one hand, on one side of the scale, we go, everything is meaningless. And then if you go, everything is meaningless, everything means everything. Mm -hmm. Meaning you spitting in my face, that's what's happening in this moment. Right. I don't have to be in Malibu. I'm in line at the DMV, and holy shit, look around. Yeah. Very hard to get to that place. It is. But isn't that... You can get there fucking great. That's golf. That's racquetball. Yeah. That's the thing that you can never master. Yeah. That you have to just try and get to that place where you're like... You hear those stories of those mystics. You hear Ram Dass. You hear about... Uh, Maharaji, Maharishi, all these guys that it's just like, when you hang out with them, you're hanging out with pure presence. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. And they, Isn't that the video game we can't win that we want to keep absolutely. playing? Absolutely. They almost, those guys like, look like they're even high a little bit. That's right. Because they kind of just like, they have well, that like kind of permagrin and they're just like taking it all in. Joseph Campbell talks about a spiritually bankrupt society turning to drugs because it's a guaranteed experience. Right. So whereas religion has failed us in its, in, as, in its promise, I'm not saying every religion and every church and every pastor, I'm just saying in general, and he did this interview in the 70s, he's like, religion has failed. It's, it's, it said, we'll give you joy. We'll give you presents. We'll give you transcendence. And then you're like, no, you gave me Sunday school, and this guy is clearly gay, and he's telling me not to be gay. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. So then we turn to drugs. And I know we've talked about mushrooms. If you listen to the first podcast we did together, we talked about mushrooms at length because it's a guaranteed experience. Mm-hmm. So it's a spiritually bankrupt people. It, as, as Jesus said, it's a, it's a destitute people that ask for a sign. We want a sign. We want proof. When really they're all saying just like, relax. The uh, exhilaration of being alive is enough. We've just blocked it out. Proof is in the pudding. Proof's in that pudding. Literally. <laughs> what do you mean? Pudding is beautiful. I agree. <laughs> I, I mean, like, no, just in the mundane act of uh, eating pudding is like, all right, this is life. But you see, that, that's a Ram Dass thing. That's in Be Here Now. It's like yeah. you are the task. When, you're sweep, when you watch a Tibetan monk sweeping the stairs, mm-hmm. he's doing that and only that, and there's nothing else. Yes, take everything one thing at a time. People have a tendency to get very overwhelmed in this society. I got bills to pay. I got to drop the kids off. Right. Focus on, yeah, that one thing that you're doing now, and, and anything is possible, and you won't get flustered. When you wash your hair, you're washing your hair. In yeah. fact, this is insane, but I, I, I love watching people's attempts at enlightenment on youtube sometimes Mm -hmm. and i found this guy and he was a real nut i I really was kind of watching him and i was like if i could do an impression of this guy it would be like an snl audition you know what i mean it's really funny (laughs) and he was like something that he does to be happy and it's crazy because i started to do it is if you're overthinking he's like just think what you're doing that's your mantra driving the car driving the car Mm -hmm. driving the car 
And when, like, you're talking, I haven't done a, this podcast because I'm very engaged and interested. But if I'm just kind of, like, at a meal where I'm like, fuck this shit, I'll go, listening, listening, <laughs> listening. You know what I mean? And that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the irony of say, of repeating listening to yourself. Yeah. yeah, that is really funny. Yeah. But it actually does help me listen. I can do a while whilst listening. I know that's not what you were saying. Well, I had a teacher in high school once that – was like, don't nod. His guy was a genius. He was like, don't nod when someone's talking to you because that shows that you're thinking about them. Seeing that you're thinking about you showing them that you're listening instead of just listening to them. So you would talk to him, and he would just look at you. Yeah, and you would feel like he was completely engaged. It was a weird little trick. I just had dinner with Dwight Slade when I was in Portland. Uh, very mystically gifted man, mm-hmm. and it was freaky. And I would I would say this to him. It's not like a dirty thing. He uh, he was just so still when you were talking. My girlfriend and I were like, "What do you do with this? Mm-hmm. Like you're so used to people being uh huh, uh huh, yeah, basically me." <laughs> but he was just like, "Yeah," and it was actually kind of off putting. It is because you you are conditioned to get those like right. cues. And then speaking of the conditioning, it's like the things taking us out of the moment and stuff. Is that consumerism? Is that sort of status obsession? Is all that stuff? And then that leaves us bankrupt. Yeah. And then that leaves us either doing heroin or understanding why someone would do heroin. Right. You know what I mean? Being like, yeah, man, I'm looking down the barrel of infinity and it's too much. Or are you just sitting, sitting, listening, not nodding, not nodding, not nodding? You know what I mean? I do know what you mean, Pete. <laughs> Sometimes I ask the person to respond. I go, you know what I mean? Just to make sure they're listening, even though they were listening. Um, so rehab number two, outpatient four times a week. Yeah. And how do you feel? Um, I, I feel good. I feel um, hopeful. I feel optimistic. I feel clear-headed. And I also feel sometimes like I want to use drugs still. Yeah. And that'll just be there forever. And I can't use them because I have to play the tape out. Play the tape out in your head of where it got me mm-hmm. the last time. If I go, yeah, it would feel really good to get high. But then it takes me back to Skid Row, takes me back to Rash Car. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to do $10 that again. handy. Yeah. So, but, um,. It's good, you know. I'm seeing someone now. They advise you to not see someone in your first year of sobriety. Focus on yourself. So I'm breaking that rule. Who knows if it's good or bad? We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm working. Um, so yeah, I'm doing uh, good. My band's playing tonight, and I actually have to go over there to sound check. Oh, let's get you there. Yeah. So, I, did, I thought this was going to be like a 45 minute catch up. Oh, oh. And it man. ended up being so fascinating. Yeah. I think you hear me saying this. Please feel included yeah. and welcome and loved in this reality. Yeah. I appreciate that because humans are tribal by nature. And when yeah. you start isolating and not feeling well, part that's of what, the tribe. You know, it's interesting. I see a hypnotherapist and she's like the core uh, negative belief of a lot of smokers and a lot of – so I, I have to assume – that this might appeal to you because I'm not a smoker, but mm-hmm. it makes sense. When we get really deep into my subconscious and we want to look at why I'm doing something is because I go uh, – it's usually phrased positively. It's like what is the thing you want to tell yourself? And it goes, you're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. You're not alone. Right. That's the thing that my subconscious can't 
get tired of hearing. Yeah. It's the story it always wants to hear. It's why I do stand-up. It's why I create things. It's why I enjoy loving and being loved. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. I'm not alone. So when you talk about disappearing, mm-hmm. I'm like, even that is just kind of a lonely betrayal. Yeah, that's the lowest you can be is apart right. from humanity. And that like, and that people, I understand that they allowed it, especially in this town. You can be like, you don't know I'm not in Tahiti. Yeah, you can go weeks without seeing friends. Absolutely. Dear friends. I'm busy. That's it. Right. I'm working on something. Right. right. Yeah, and, and you have your hall pass. Yeah. But uh, so for what it's worth... Please feel included in love. Thank you, Pete. I do. And, and, and I remember we it. played music at my yeah. party one time. Yeah. That's like one of the most fun memories ever. Yeah, I know. I loved it, too. <coughs> that just was like really strangers special. were coming in and out of my music room, and everyone would just pick up an instrument and play. Pete was on bass, I, I believe. Some, I played some mean bass. I was on drums. That was a good time. It was a great time. Andy Melanakis was rapping. There was freestyling, and Andy was really good at it. Really good. And then a couple other bold people, non-celebrities, yeah. like followed him. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, who are these guys? Where did they get to? <laughs> that was cool. I was terrified. I would have never done it. I know. It was so fun. Well, I, you know, I don't want to pad it with some sort of empty promise, but if that happens again, I'm there. Thanks, bud. And I'm on them bones. All right, man. And you're going to have to change the heads after me because I'm garbage. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, man. All right. Thanks, Pete. I love you. We say keep it crispy. Love you. Keep it crispy, guys. <laughs> Now leaving Nerdist.com. 